This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Good morning, or maybe good evening, good afternoon, good middle of the night, wherever you are. Um, This is Nat. It's morning here in Los Angeles, and you're listening to Transcend with Nat. So to start out today, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, what's on my mind. And what's on my mind these days? Well, some of you may know that uh, I have a little bit of an obsession uh, with macroeconomics and reading and studying it. And I know it sounds to many like a very uninteresting subject, um, but I'm going to try to make a couple things I'm going to talk about interesting by hopefully throwing in some stories with John Roger. Uh, And um, for those of you who are new, who don't know, John Roger, J.R., as I call him, as many call him, uh, is a great spiritual teacher. I worked with him for many years until he passed away. And... So I have a lot of stories about that. Now, what I've been thinking about and what I've been looking at for years, and I know that we have some uh, baby boomer listeners, so maybe this is for you, um, is the baby boomers going into retirement and how that affects everything going on, like the stock market. And just looking at how... um, the median, at least in America, and I know that there's similar issues around the world, um, that that there is uh, not enough saved for retirement, and also one of the characteristics of the baby boomers is that a lot of their net worth, um, their retirement and their savings is in the stock market. Now, I've had some time now to uh, experience the stock market. And let's start out with a story on that. And the story is this. When I got off of my vow of poverty, uh, which meant that I had no belongings whatsoever, Uh, It was around 2008. It was the middle um, of 2008, or a little before the middle. And pretty shortly thereafter, uh, I decided to play the Forex markets, the foreign exchange markets, which are open 24 hours a day. Um, And the reason I did a lot of things, um, the things that I did, I did them because they worked with my life with JR. That was my central focus. And then I would do things around that and uh, make my life around that. And so it worked out pretty well because as it was open 24-7 and and I can do it on my computer, I could uh, be sitting in the living room watching TV with JR and have my computer open and be uh, playing these markets. So... Many people, when they do this, they end up blowing up their account, which means that they lose everything. Um, And I didn't quite do that, but I definitely paid for my education. 
And boy, did I learn <laughs> when you're losing money, uh, you learn. And it, it was uh, an interesting time. It was a fast moving market. And shortly within a month or two, a couple months of starting, the great financial uh, crisis happened. And that was in you know, the end of 2008. And I was watching it live on the charts, and it was going crazy. It was amazing to watch. They, there's a term trying to catch a, a falling knife, you know, when you try to place an order uh, when things are that moving that quickly. And so it was an extremely interesting period because when you have money one of the things that i learned is most people you put stops on an order so say i i uh, buy something say it's going to go up and it starts going down if it hits my stop it automatically takes me out at that price so i know what my risk is well what i found during this period of time is that you may have a stop on and it may put in a sell order uh, but that thing may not get filled, and because of how fast it's moving, you might not get filled till way, way, way lower price. And so what you thought was risk management uh, really did nothing in that environment. And I think it was actually really great for me um, to learn in that way, to, to see all these things that uh, we you know, that are taught, that, that are believed, like, you know, placing stops is some sort of um, insurance policy when it's loosely in normal times can be, but when things really start moving, it's not. And the other thing I learned a lot about technical analysis and reading charts and things like that, which I still definitely use, even though I have not done foreign exchange market for a long time. Um, so at the time, I was still working with Jared, and I would talk to him about what I was doing. And one of the things that he told me, um, and he told me this in May of 2009, and he, we were talking, he was talking to me about business, and he told me things about that. He told me, um, he told me a lot of things. And then, but what he told me about the Forex is that he said the, he described for me the spirit that is behind what I was involved in in Forex. And it is the same, he said, it's the same spirit involved in the stock market too. And it's the spirit of gambling. And he said you can work with it and make money. Uh, so that, for those of you who think, and, and this is kind of towards my central part, my point, and one of the things that... Um, that I've been, that I, I look at a lot, you know, what is investing and, and where to put money and things like that. Well, when you're working in the stock market, and even more so now than then, uh, you are dealing with the spirit of gambling. It's very different from what I have come to and what I've observed. That's a very different thing than actually investing. Um, and so, so how that all ties to, and some of you may find that interesting, um, even though, you know, a lot of his teachings are not about these type of things, he was very, very wise and smart in those areas as well. And 
uh, he did quite well. In fact, one of the things he did, which I have great ad, um, w which I admire him greatly for, is that when with the movement of spiritual and awareness, he never uh, took on debt to um, buy properties, to buy things. He always saved and then uh, bought it. And he, and he had a, a very, it was an important part of the culture um, that he taught was to not take on debt in that way. Now, I'm, I, in my own business, uh, haven't quite gotten that one down. Um, but it still, <laughs> I still admire him for it because it's amazing that he was able to build all that he built um, physically, even though that wasn't his prime or even a, it wasn't a major focus for him, but uh, he was very wise in how to uh, build wealth. And he taught people how to do that too. And, and so one of the things looking at looking at this macro environment where all these baby boomers are about to retire or are retiring really they're, they're retiring now you're about to retire and a lot of people have their money in a, a large percentage of their money uh, in the stock market and thinking that you know it's an investment or something like that and most people don't even know what they're quote unquote, invested in, in the stock market. And that's uh, pretty amazing when you think about it. And I know this is a spiritual podcast, but, you know, these things affect us and we have to deal with them. And, um, and, you know, I've, I've studied, I've learned it. And it's one of those things where I just think it's important that people relook at how they view things and, um, and things that they assume, like that, uh, that their portfolio is balanced because they have stocks and bonds and they're, they, when one goes up, the other goes down. They're negatively correlated. But that historically, that's not always the case. There's long periods of time where they are positively correlated, where they go up and down together. So just and then the idea that as long as you keep it in over time, it will go up. Yes, but if you're retiring soon and you're looking at... Uh, you know, retiring in five years or within the next five years and say there is a bear market or a correction, say the stock market loses 50%, which we've seen time and time again. Um, you know, it, and yes, okay, so in 10 years, if you can wait 10 years, it'll go back up and probably surpass it. Maybe, maybe not, but historically that's been something it's done over the last number of decades. Um, but if you're retiring now, do you have time as you're having to pull it out? And if you look at most baby boomers, most of them, including the pension funds, the state pension funds and all that, they have not saved enough for their retirement. Um, so these are things I just want to bring up because I actually care. I have people in my life I care about who are in this position um, and who are facing these types of things. And I see the, the real world effects uh, when, you know, if, if they're not looking at their time preference and going, yeah, over time it always goes up, but well, I actually am retiring. So I don't have the same kind of time to wait for it to go up because I'm required to be taking money out. Um, so these things um, to really, you know, if you don't, 
people in the financial markets, the other thing, they, they really use complexity. They use complex terms. They use complex ideas. And they really just do that, from my point of view, to um, obfuscate the truth because it's really not that complicated and it can be described and explained in ways that are not complicated uh, but a lot of times they don't want people to know what they're doing with their money and how it all works um, because I think they, they realize that uh, people might make different choices then. Now I'm not saying the stock market is going down, I'm not saying it is going up. Um, there's a good case to be made for both of those. And I'm just saying, you know, you're looking at your risk. And there's, there's a, a guy who I really um, think has a really great thought process uh, around investing. His name's Anthony Deedon. And he said, when you buy for the purpose of selling, you don't really need to understand what can go wrong. You see everything in terms of price. And to me, that's a lot of what people do with the stock market. They buy these index funds. They're just looking for the price to go up, but they don't really understand uh, what can go wrong because they don't even know what they're invested in. They don't understand the businesses. The businesses are so big and so complex that most people don't even know when they invest in Netflix, for instance. They just invest in it because it's going up. It's got momentum and, you know, it's the new thing. And, you know, that's why they invested in Microsoft back in uh, the tech bubble. And it's still around. It's still um, a business today. Uh, but that didn't mean it had a major crash back in back in the day uh, when the tech bubble burst because people got so excited and bought the story. But we're just looking at price and not looking at what can go wrong. And and that really there really is a difference between um, you know when when people are incentivized like these CEOs they're, of these big major companies, they're incentivized, their big incentive is their stock price. So everything they do, it's not about their business, it's about getting their stock price up. Like when you have a small business and you own it, you're not thinking you know, on a daily basis, well, how is this gonna affect my stock price? You, you rarely even think of your stock price, you're thinking of the business and the operations and um, the balance sheet and all these other things uh, and not necessarily the stock price. Um, so there's a lot of differences in that. And um, one, I'll, I'll, one story that I have for you, because I talked about how it is the spirit of gambling behind the stock market. And, um, and gambling can be fun. And I have definitely um, <laughs> I have had some fun. And one of them, I have a story with JR in Vegas. And we used to go to Vegas a lot, um, a lot for the trade shows because we would go for uh, different trade shows for media and for uh, technology uh, because JR was very, he, he recorded a lot of his. I mean, he recorded so many of his lectures and question and answers, or he had them recorded by uh, Now Productions which was the production company that he had. Um, and they, they recorded a lot of his, I think they have like 30,000 or something um, pieces of media of, of masters of his. And so he was always looking for what's the next, the best way to do this, to get this out, to um, record this, to, to maintain this. And so we would go a couple times a year um, and also for technology, for like what was coming out, what's gonna help 
the businesses and, and the organizations that he had. And so we'd go to the technology conferences. We'd go to the, um, we'd also go to the audio video conferences and see all the latest, greatest gadgets and things that, that could help him uh, in what he was doing. And so we ended up in Vegas, and this time I don't actually don't know if we were at that conference um, or or another one, but we were in Vegas, and uh, I was I don't remember the last time I actually gambled with JR. I mean, it's it's just one of those things that slowly slowly went away, and I know people might think, oh, a spiritual teacher, you shouldn't do that, and yeah, well, everything. That's just not whatever you think you know about like spiritual teachers and being with them. Um, it's probably not quite accurate, and so you might want to leave that aside. So anyway, um, I'm playing. We're waiting for dinner. Uh, we're a little early to reservation, so Jar and Zeus go to play something. I don't know what they were playing, and I played roulette. Now, I didn't like playing roulette. I rarely played roulette, uh, but t this night I was like, oh, I'll play some roulette. So I had 100 bucks, and I was I was playing, and this is actually after I was off um, VOP, so I, I was just playing some some roulette and I was winning and but it was interesting because at the same time the dealer of the roulette he was just talking about how roulette's the devil's game and it was almost like he was trying to preach to us about how evil roulette was while we're sitting there playing and he's spinning the ball or spinning the wheel and putting the ball in and telling us that all the numbers I think he said like they add up to 666 or something and and he was just really going negative on the whole thing and at the time I was winning I was winning a little bit here here and there and um, and then it was time for dinner we weren't there long and Jer and Zeus were walking by and uh, I yelled out to Jer hey Jer give me a number and he said 12 and the dealer of course is hearing all this and Zeus is like put it all on 12 so I take all my winnings at that point which was like 86 dollars I believe and I put all 86 on the number 12 now, for those of you know, who know roulette, you know, the odds are very, <laughs> that you're going to hit the one number you put on. The odds are really in the house's favor, really against you. And um, and so the dealer, this negative Nelly deal dealer who's, you know, just rolling his eyes because, you know, who are these people? Uh, he rolls he rolls the, the wheel, spins the wheel, puts the ball in, and bounce, bounce, bounce. Of course, you know the story. It hits 12, and we go wild because I, I had made whatever it was, like $2,600 or something um, off that $86, and you know, we're going wild. The dealer's jaw practically hit the table because I think he was just flabbergasted on who are these people that just completely destroyed his devil's game. And, uh, well, he was looking at someone uh, who could do that, apparently. And so that, that, was, a, that was a really fun night, and uh, I gave the, gave the money to JR. I had seeded earlier, and for those of you, I think I've talked about seeding. Um, but in case I haven't, seeding is something you give something. Um, it's like tithing, but you give some. You give ten percent of what you're looking for up front, and you give that to the source of your spiritual 
teachings. It can be something. It can be something uh, tangible, like it can be a car, it could be money, um, it could be a raise, it could be different things. And so you give whatever that value of that is. You give ten percent up front and asking that you know whatever take place that it be for the highest good. And sometimes you don't get that. Sometimes you get something completely different and better. Sometimes you get exactly what you were looking for. Um, but it's important to have for the highest good. So that's. Uh, one thing, and and I, you can do it with intangible things like peace, peace of mind. Um, you have to somehow put a value on it uh, for health, for um, dealing with health challenges, for a situation that's difficult, and you can seed for all sorts of things. It's extremely valuable. I've over the years uh, have found it to be a very useful and a very effective um, way uh, to to really let go and let God and to make myself open to receive. And those of you who have listened, some a lot of the people who talk about wealth talk about um, how the more they give, the more they receive. The more, and so this is a way of giving um, as uh, in a way you, faith, you with faith that you'll receive. And I have found it extremely valuable. And so earlier that night I had given JR. Um, I had seated for I think two thousand or twenty five hundred or something uh, dollars to win that, and um, and there it was right there, and and I walked away with a great story too, and a great seating story, a great story of gambling, and so that's one of. Uh, that's a little story. I have a lot of stories, but that's a little story that maybe some of you will enjoy, and. Um, and so, anyway, back to the the other stuff that's on my mind. I, I, I I'm not a financial advisor. First off, I have to do this uh, legal disclaimer. I'm not a financial advisor. If you if you're going to do anything with this information, it's really just for information purposes only, and uh, talk to a professional financial planner before you do anything that I'm talking about. Um, and I'm not suggesting sell everything. I'm just suggesting take a look at it. Take a look at your risk. Take a look at what your timing is if you're going to be retiring and take a look at um, what kind of risk you're comfortable with and understand more uh, where your money is and what you can do. There's things you can do to um, to mitigate your your risk factors so that even if that does happen, it's just not going to affect you as much depending on where you put things. Um, so that's my thoughts today. I hope that helps some of you, um, especially some of you who are now having to deal with these type of things. So the main uh, part of the show today, what I what I wanted to talk about was the inner counsel. Um, it's a tool, it's a technique that I have used for many, many years, and it's definitely evolved for me over time. Um, I've had this experience, uh, different ways of using this counsel in different classes I've done. Um, I've read about it in books. Um, so there's a lot of different ways of going about it. And the idea for me often is to get a higher look to 
sometimes it's just about accessing my own wisdom um, that's inside of me uh, through other means. Sometimes uh, I find that I get information that I would not, that I don't necessarily know and wouldn't have known um, that seems to come from a higher source. Uh, but even if it's just me tapping into different aspects of my own wisdom, I find that extremely valuable too. And so the process really is, first off, I, I always call myself into the light when I do things, inner work, when I go inside, because um, there's a lot of things, you know, we've talked in recent times about psychic influences and, and things that need to be cleared or things that, um, that we need to protect ourselves because there's just psychic mumbo jumbo out there and um, it's important to bring yourself into the highest light to ask uh, for God's guidance. I ask for the mystical traveler's guidance. I ask for the highest good and that's a really important concept is asking for the highest good um, because that really brings you know only that which is for your highest good, that which is um, going to assist you, uh, going to be for the good, not just what you think is your good, but um, what is beyond your ability to think about and your ability to necessarily know mentally um, that that higher nature, that higher good, the spirit, uh, it, it leaves it open for that to work with you in a way that is non-inflictive and that is a supportive for you and all the things that you're here to do and to learn. Um, and so that's something that's really important to start out with. And so that's something I do. And then going, once I invoke the light and bring myself into the light for the highest good and ask that only that, which is for the highest good, come forward. Um, and then I go into my place and different different over time it's been different it's been you know it can be a place in nature it can be a um, a home it can be a cave it can be uh, a a great room in a beautiful building uh, but I go to my place and I have certain people there and I often have uh, the usuals and then sometimes and that includes for instance, JR, who's my spiritual teacher, Jesus, and different people of spiritual nature uh, I bring in. And then sometimes, depending on what I'm working with, I might uh, bring in someone else. It can be someone from uh, history, someone that, for instance, um, maybe it's like someone like Ben Franklin, because you know, you need some wisdom of his nature, or maybe you're involved in an artistic endeavor and you want to uh, talk to Michelangelo or da Vinci or someone of that nature. And so um, bringing these people in to and discussing with them and listening and seeing what they say. Um, and that's something that that I've worked with and, and even more so, um, maybe it's not just like a one-off deal. Maybe it's something that, you know, that's your, your profession or whatever. And so you bring that person in and sometimes I'll read a book about them or read multiple books and really get in touch with their consciousness inside of me. And that's something, um, that I found very, uh, very valuable 
in terms of um, different things, different periods of my life that I've been dealing with, uh, different aspects, and really coming into that that communion with these people inside of me and getting that information. Uh, so it's, it takes place in your creative imagination, and oftentimes it can it can just be um, a way to look at things differently, to access this a different wisdom than if you're just looking at through your own eyes, you might not see these things. And then you might find that if you get in touch with their consciousness and the wisdom of it, the experience of it, um, and, you know, I definitely recommend uh, choosing people who have a very positive, <laughs> you know, message that's not... One of the things to deal with is you don't, um, you don't just believe any information that you get. And so you talk to them, and then when you're done, you thank them and, and you leave your place and come back to this world. And then um, I recommend a journal. You can write down what you hear. And I always recommend checking it out. Number one, if um, it needs to be something that is not hurting yourself or others, because if you get that kind of information, uh, that's definitely not of a positive nature. And if it's um, as long as it's uh, f for yourself and, and for others in terms of um, you're taking care of yourself and you're helping take care of others, and it's a positive message in that sense, then um, then lean into it. You can see, you know, you don't don't check your mind at the door. And the important thing is that it, it aligns with your higher purpose, uh, the information, and that um, and you can check it out. And sometimes checking it out is just writing it down and then coming back later and seeing if that that information proved valuable in what you're doing. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's something that you check out further. Sometimes you uh, need to sleep on it, uh, pay attention to your dreams, see what you get in through your dreams. And I think we, we've done, I'm pretty sure we've done an episode about uh, using your dreams. Um, but these things, you know, it's part of my practice uh, and part of how I use these tools to assist me. And this is more to assist me in what I'm dealing with in this world, which is different than, say, spiritual exercises where you're, um, you're really focusing in on the, the spirit. This is really about integrating these spiritual teachings and using them in a way that assists you in this world and assists you in how, um, how the choices you make and how you go about living your life in this world to bring it more in alignment with these spiritual intentions, with uh, being loving, with um, how to, to come from a higher place and do things for the highest good, and um, how to integrate more of the light into all that you're doing. And so that's, this is just a tool and a technique I use, and I've used for many years, um, to get in touch with that wisdom, uh, to so that when I'm making decisions on things or, or I'm having trouble with an area um, or maybe there's something political going on in work and you, uh, you know, you find someone in history that, you know, was very um, 
good at that and and can guide you in a positive way like um i find that lincoln is is a very great at, at those kind of things and his wisdom is very great and i I've read books on him, I've read quotes, I've read different things, and then discuss, and it's a way for me to access a different uh, view, a different type of consciousness on that. And because of my personal relationship with JR uh, and my spiritual relationship, I love having him in there because uh, he just has so much wisdom, and it's, um, it's really a pleasure to, to tap into that. And so that's something that I use um, and have used quite a bit through the years in different ways. Um, I, I would encourage you to give it a shot, to check out the information, to use it wisely, to use it for yours and everyone else's upliftment. Um, if you're, and that's one thing, if, if you're moving up, if you're uplifting yourself in a positive way, uh, then it will uplift and assist others in a positive way. And if you're uplifting yourself and uh, screwing other people, then that's not what I'm talking about here. That's not the positive direction that I'm referring to. Um, because that that's not the, that's just not in line with um, the higher spiritual nature of, of things. So um, that's one indicator that if you're doing things that are uplifting to you and they're assisting others in uplifting them, uh, that's a good indicator that, you know, what you're doing and the information you're doing is something that um, that is in line. And if it's hurting others, then, you know, you might want to take another look. Uh, so that is, I think, our um, the end of our episode for today for this lovely morning here in Los Angeles. And I hope you all enjoyed this show, some different topics, some different stories, um, and a technique. So I look forward to, um, hopefully I'll have, I'm looking at getting some more interviews going here, and hopefully I'll have some of those uh, soon for you as well. Um, but in the meantime, you're stuck with me, and I hope to um, have you listening next week. All right. Have a wonderful week.